This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series after what has been one of the most comfortable, easygoing 90 minutes of my entire jokes. It was bloody terrible as Arsenal beat Leeds United 1-0 somehow, some way. Um, yeah, incredible. We're going to talk all about that and more with you guys in the live chat box that join us this morning at 8am, of course, where we do our usual morning show. Welcome everybody joining us. Thank you everybody joining us in the chat box, in the comment section, if you are indeed catching up on the show a little bit later on today. Welcome to all. Uh, good morning, chat box. Good morning to Kaiser, to Clear Away Dave. Good morning to Marcus and Martin and Anthony. Good morning to Runs With Cows and Dave and Paul. Uh, good morning to Brad. Good morning to Dan and Stevie. Uh, man of the match question from Matt G. We'll definitely get on to that in a second. But he's suggesting, is it the electrician who fixed everything? Is it VAR or is it Bamford who missed the penalty? I'm sure we'll come up with something a little bit later on in the show, Matt. Absolutely. Uh, good morning to Yanni and PJ and NSW. Good morning to Harvey and Lynn. Uh, and thank you, everybody else that's joining us, as always, in the chat box. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend. I'm sure the result, despite it being an agonizingly difficult result to get in the end i hope that it absolutely made your weekend as did a separate result that happened with liverpool beating manchester city to send arsenal not one not two not three but four points clear at the top of the premier league table after 10 games 10 games in which arsenal have won nine the first time that has happened in arsenal's history that arsenal won their first nine of 10 top flight games not premier league history history ridiculousness amazing achievement and we push forwards with 27 points trying to obviously minimum champions league qualification but who knows what could happen this season i'm still not getting my title hopes up but I will not let it disappear from the back of my mind okay let's uh let's talk about yesterday i was there i was at the game um long journey up to leeds fine going up chilled on the train um you know had my ticket purchased with my reserve seat all good weirdly more leeds fans than arsenal fans on my carriage coming up from london a little bit strange but 
it is what it is, I guess. Plenty of Leeds supporting fans from London, it seems. Um, potentially, then maybe they stayed over and had the week from the Crystal Palace game. I don't know. Maybe they are actually from London. Who knows? But it was weird seeing more Leeds fans on the train than Arsenal fans. And got up to the stadium a couple of hours before kickoff. Now, when we get to the press box, I need to describe what the press box is like. Um, when you go like through, obviously, the press lounge, you go up into the stadium and then you walk along. You walk past kind of the director's box. You walk through kind of the uh, the main box seating at Ellen Road with the nicer seats. You go through the Leeds fans. Like you walk literally past them, like the front row of a section, up into the press box. And I was sat, I was sat at kind of the far left end of like a row of, of a, it's like a big long bench. It's not like a seat. It's a big, long, hard bench. And then there's a staircase as there is at every football ground to my left. And then to the left of that staircase is about 5,000 Leeds fans with nothing between me and these fans. It was a surreal experience, really surreal, especially when you're watching a game as emotionally charged as that. And there was a case, even though I'm doing the minute by minute and I was doing the blog for Football London, of keeping my just sitting on my hands, basically, because any reaction, and you've probably seen the videos of Aaron Ramsdale kind of giving it to the Leeds fans now, angry they were getting any reaction from me. I dread to think, (laughs) I dread to think I was so exposed. You know, I reckon I could hold my own against none. Um, But (laughs) but 5,000, yeah, coming for TC wouldn't have been good. Would not have been good at all. Um, In terms of, in in terms of the 40 minute delay, which obviously happened, when we were sat in the press box, the lights where we were flickered out for a second. It was not even a second. Literally, the lights just turned off, turned back on. Um, and we were like, okay, well, the Wi-Fi is the Wi-Fi cut out. Like we didn't have any Wi-Fi, so we couldn't update anything. It came back after about I'd say 30 seconds, and we were thinking, oh, okay, because everyone was looking down at their laptops at that point, trying to sort out what's going on. And then all of a sudden we see the game stopped. The referee walks over to the sidelines and obviously we've worked out because of the power cut. That's obviously severed the line between the VAR and obviously the audio between the officials. And a 40-minute delay for those that weren't able to watch the game because obviously it was, wasn't was televised here in the UK. It was a 40-minute delay. The The guy who runs the press things kept coming around and kind of telling us what was going on. He was saying basically they're re- rebooting the system. It wasn't the case of like they had a, like you can just have a backup they had to reboot the whole system of the stadium in that sense. And that takes time. Like they do that well ahead of kickoff because it takes time to do. So when you saw people tweeting going, why can't they just have a backup? Why can't we play without it? In fairness, Jesse Marsh did say that they were considering playing without it at one point, but because it was starting to reboot and get back up and it was working again, they decided to wait instead. And so 40 minutes after kickoff, and it only went a minute into the game, 40 minutes after that, we finally got underway. And in the first half, it was fairly, fairly okay, fairly even. Arsenal had a fair amount of chances. Leeds had a fair amount of chances. Our goal was excellent. It actually came after we created a really good chance for Gabriel Jesus, which he should have scored. Martinelli does great to get the ball into the box. I think it's Xhaka uh, that nutmegs it, goes through to Erdegaard, who does a little back heel through to Jesus. Jesus should score. It's actually the type of position that I've really felt... Um, the I've really felt kind of this situation where he's in the, the this tight angled place, either the right or left hand side of the box, typically on the right hand side of the six yard box, and he's really good at hitting those kind of tight angled shots. And 
he just messed it up, just put it over and we, and we played on. But I thought that was a massive chance that absolutely should have scored from that position. Thankfully, Saka manages to score an even trickier chance. Um, brilliant play down the right. Mad ball from Erdegaard through, just defence splitting, impossible to, to track. And I thought Erdegaard in the first half was sublime, really good. Him, Martinelli and Saka as a, as a three behind Jesus in the first half in particular, I thought really shone. Um Second half, we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, first half in particular, they were all really, really exciting. Great in terms of breaking the play. Great in terms of breaking the counter. Under pressure, they got out of situations really well. We hit them on the break. And we got a great goal. And Saka scoring again, as I said before, as soon as he gets a goal, that's his third, that's his fourth goal in three games. Two against Liverpool, one against Buda Glimt and one today. Fourth goal in three games. Really strong from him. Uh, I said once he gets kind of a couple of goals, it's going to be a situation where his confidence rises up and he just kind of snowballs. And, and that's exactly what happened. Anyway, half time. Chill, have a break because it was a bit of a chaotic first half anyway. And Leeds had chances as well, to be fair to them. Um, I really thought Tommy Asu struggled at left back, really struggled. There were times where he was under pressure, gave the ball away in a really advantageous for, uh, for Leeds, which Jack Harrison, I think it, was, it might be actually been Rodrigo that missed the shot. Um, I really thought Tommy Asu struggled. Second half comes around and we just don't come out. We, we we just did not come out in the second half. We weren't there to play our game. We weren't there to do what we did in the first half. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why um, what we did when it happened. The Bamford goal in the first minute of the second half, I think is really, really lucky. Really lucky for us. Because, yes, you can say he pushes Gabriel and he does, but I think it's soft. I think it's very, very soft. Very, very soft. And so I was surprised that I actually ruled that out. If that was the other way around, I would have been fuming from an Arsenal perspective. Absolutely fuming from an Arsenal perspective that that was... Um, that, that that was ruled out. Anyway, you play on. We get to the penalty situation. Saliba clearly handballs it. We all knew it at the time. Like As soon as it happened, everyone's gone, well, that's going to be turned over. I'm surprised the play went on for as long as it did, and it took him that long to decide to tell him to go to the, the monitor. I know they have to kind of wait till there's a break in play, and it went to the goalkeeper. But at that point, it was so clear and obvious, I would have just blown up and said, look, going to the monitor, it's clearly a penalty. It was absolutely clear, um, in my view, that it was a penalty from there. So no surprises. But then Bamford misses it. Um, drags it wide. Ramsdale did dive the right way, but if it was so in the corner, he was def definitely not saving it. He celebrated it with the with the team like they that like he'd saved it. Um, and then things just continued. You know, things just carried on like as if we did, hadn't been given this third, fifth, fourth chance or whatever to try and get back into the game. It just carried on. Lee just kept pushing, pushing, and we just couldn't get out. We couldn't string passes together. We couldn't play our game, and we had to dig in. And we had to dig in really, really hard. And finally, it gets to the point where at the end of the game and at the end of the game, um, the, the Gabrielle Bamford situation happens. Now, when to try and describe as in situ, we could all see Gabrielle kick out from our angle. And we I just turned to Kaya and was like, well, he's gone. Like, he, he is, he's just going. But there's no way he stays on the pitch. The issue for me was the penalty situation because Bamford had clearly fouled Gabriel first. Like he pushes him over, pushes him over. There's no argument from me. It's a clear foul in the box, free kick to Arsenal. But when they gave the penalty after sending Gabriel off, I was like, I, I, I don't know whether or not this is going to be overturned. I don't know if this is going to be overturned or not. And so he goes to the monitor. Gabriel doesn't touch Bamford. 
that's the thing. That's the that's the key part of this is that Gabriel doesn't touch him. And because he doesn't touch him, it's it's not a foul in a sense, although we've seen fouls given at times when players slide in, don't make contact, but it's the intent and stuff that given it. I don't know if that works clearly if they felt like he's not touched him, that he's fouled him first. And so therefore it's a free kick to Arsenal before any kind of penalty can be given. But I, I was a bit surprised to see the red card overturn. Immediately, my mind kind of fla- um, flashbacked to the, the Battle of Old Trafford. If you remember Patrick Vieira kicking out a Ruven story, he didn't um, kick out at... Uh, he, sorry, he didn't make contact with Ruben Istri when he kicked out. It was a second yellow card and he was sent off. It wasn't a straight red. It was a second yellow. And so that difference um, between the two, I think, well, not even a difference, exactly the same. Like both of them kicked out. Both of them didn't make contact. Both of them got yellow cards. And and that's why it wasn't a red card uh, for me in this instant because he didn't make contact. Now, for the record, he's an idiot. Gabriel needs to be better, needs to be maturer, needs to be stronger, needs to have his his head screwed on a bit tighter. You know, it was so silly to jeopardise what we had battled to get in that moment. And he very, very, very nearly cost us. And do you know what the thing was? Is that I was absolutely gutted that he did that because I knew as soon as that moment happened, as soon as Gabriel kicked out and it was the red card and all that controversy, Everything before that point would be forgotten by most people. And and it did, because I jumped onto social media and lo and behold, Gabriel is getting absolutely battered. Absolutely battered by everybody. And I'm sitting there going, are we just going to ignore everything that we've seen? Are we going to ignore everything that's happened before this point? Again, he makes mistakes. We've talked about this at length. He's got an error in him. We know this. And that was an error that he needs to stop. He needs to learn from. Everything up until the point at which he kicked out, I thought he was excellent. You know, he was on for one of my man and match performances. Defensively solid, great clearances. In fact, I think I've got the statistics someone sent. I think Balaji sent them to me. Uh, let me grab them. 100% aerial duels won, 90% pass accuracy, 80 touches, nine duels contested, eight of them won, four clearances, four blocks, three tackles, three interceptions. Gabriel was a rock at the back yesterday, and it was that one error. One error, and it's a bad one, and he needs to not do that. And we got lucky and fortunate. But we can't just ignore that because the opposite is you ignore the good things and you focus on the negative. I'm telling everybody here, yes, appreciate that the error is an error and it's bad. He needs to learn from it and he's worthy of criticism. So my winners and losers piece this morning for Football London, I couldn't put him in the winners. I couldn't put him in the losers and I put him somewhere in between because I would have put him in a winner of the game, but that moment at the end spoiled it. But he was so, so good for the entirety of the game before that moment. Strong, defensively solid, duels, interceptions, tackles, absolute masterminded defensive performance. And to be honest, made up for some of what Saliba did with the penalty situation as well. To be honest, I still thought Saliba did really, really well um, in terms of his recovery speed because all Leeds were doing was pumping this long ball over the top into the left hand, their left-hand channel and then Saliba's pace to recover in behind. White, I thought, had a good game. I thought it was much better when Tommy Asu moved to the right-hand side and Tini came on. I was 
crying out for Tierney to be brought on because I just thought Tommy Asu was struggling so much on the left-hand side, really making too many mistakes. I thought Thomas Parter didn't have the best of games. His passing was really poor, gave the ball away numerous times in those situations, which is annoying because I had him down as my five-star predicted player. I thought it was going to be like the Bournemouth game where Partey kind of went through a game where you don't really notice him, but then when you watch it back, you realise how important Thomas Partey is. But I found myself getting very frustrated with Partey's performance in midfield. It's just one of those. We're going to get to your comments in a second. Don't worry, I'm not ignoring you guys. We're going to get there. I just need to kind of get all this off my chest first. Overall, you can't be the best team in every game you play all season. And for me, Arsenal have been the better side in every game before this point that they have played. I thought they deserved to win a bird of glimpse still, even though they obviously we were quite fortunate in the end to potentially come out of one. We created the chances. It was a really weird game. I still think we were worthy of what we got. We defended really well. They didn't take the chances they created. Fair result. The Liverpool game, you know, you think back, Liverpool in the first half, I thought, were the better team, but I thought our second half performance trumped that first half and we were worthy winners against Liverpool. You go back through every other game, I think we are the better team. Better at Old Trafford than Man United. Unfortunate to come out with the win. Before this game at Leeds, I think we've been the better side in pretty much, if not all, of every single game we've played so far. You're not going to be able to do that across a whole season. There's going to be games like yesterday where you just are not on it, where you've not had a training session after you've travelled back from Norway and unfortunately you're just not quite clicking or you come out for a second half and you're tired and the other team have had a week's rest and they're just battering you and you just have to batten down the hatches and deal with it. And we did that. Yes, we were very lucky in some senses. Yes, we were fortunate in some ways. Don't get me wrong. Leeds absolutely deserved more from this game than they got. But you are going to absolutely have to get these types of results if you want to finish as high up the table as possible. You are going to have to go into games where you are not going to be the better side for whatever reason and take the points. And we did it. And I cannot understate how important that is and how telling that is of a side that, however many years ago, would have folded and lost significantly. We've been to Ellen Road and lost. We've lost our heads at Ellen Road and a man sent off in Nicola Pepe and it's cost us. We've been there before difference between then and now we're a much more mature side we're a much more together united front and i think that all of those factors combined with a little bit of luck sprinkled over that performance gets us three points and i am overjoyed that we managed to do it and that's my roundup of yesterday's game um i did speak to aaron ramsdale after the game uh, that interview will be out a little bit later on today probably around middayish so uh, i had a really interesting conversation he is hilarious for the record absolutely hilarious with some of the answers he provided to us it was and we're very thankful that he came out because it's a weird situation at the Leeds place where you go down to the mix zone the away dressing room is right next to the coach so to take the effort to actually come around and and speak to us much appreciated Aaron um but yeah that, that interview will be out a little bit later on today can't talk about it embargoes and all that but yeah uh Ramsdale is an absolute legend anyway um let's let's take a quick break and after this short break, we'll come back and take some of your comments, questions, theories, and thoughts. And I can have a little bit of a brief. Let's do it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, there ain't a lot left to get involved in our competition uh, over at Football Prizes to win a ticket to Arsenal against FC Zurich and a signed Arsenal shirt with the players from the 2022-23 squad. Um, There is not long left at all. It runs out uh, today uh, at 7.30pm. So do not miss out on your opportunity to get involved. 114 tickets have been sold, which means that there are over 70 tickets remaining which means if you buy one you've got a great chance of winning it so uh, link in the description as always don't miss out great chance to win a really really great prize Uh, and of course one of our listeners won the last one as well uh, which is fantastic and I love it when I get messages saying that one of the listeners has won it we've had so many listeners win them it's been great anyway let's jump into the chat box and tackle some of these questions that you guys have got Uh, Matt says love Arsenal and love Ramsdale so am I wrong for thinking his post penalty kick celebration was a bit too much especially since he didn't even make a save you speak to a goalkeeper and in those moments if a player misses the shot about whether they've saved it or not they will be thinking that their intimidation, their presence in the goal, whatever they did before the, the, the strike was was taken, they will believe, and in fairness, quite rightly in some cases, that they have influenced the striker, intimidated the striker into missing their shot. So whilst you might say it was a bit over the top for someone that didn't actually, quote, save it, I personally think he was well within his rights to celebrate that. And I in a very muted hands under my backside fashion uh, with a load of Leeds fans next to me did certainly internally celebrate it significantly. Uh, Dan says, uh, hi Tom, Uh, what is the difference between a team playing Wednesday and Saturday and a team playing Thursday and Sunday? Guess both have three days between. There's not much uh, in all honesty between Wednesday, Saturday, Thursday, Sunday. It depends on if you're playing away from home is the key difference. Uh, It's the same as if, if both teams are played away. But like in the case of Arsenal going to Norway, Arsenal didn't have a training session because they flew back and then they had some tactical talks, but there was no time for a training session because they then had to go away to Leeds. If we were playing at home, it might have been different, but going away, having back-to-back away games at Leeds and and Buda Glimt makes it very difficult. Um, But it's something that we're going to need to be able to contend with if we're in the Champions League next season because Wednesday, Saturday, still going to be a thing and it's going to be tougher and we're going to have to use more of our first-team players. So it's something that we absolutely will need to adjust to. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, did you see the foul yesterday uh, with Fabinho? Very similar to the Man United game. Uh, Yesterday, they didn't get was uh with what man united did i uh yes i did i know what you're discussing yeah fabinho harland um i thought harland fouled fabinho <laughs> um i thought it was more obvious uh than Erdegaard's one much more obvious to be honest so yeah i mean that one's been given i suppose the other one's been given you can say it's consistency i guess but you know we still should have beaten manchester united it's as simple as that uh dan says tom please bring up the league table with with absolute pleasure dan with with absolute pleasure i will bring up the league table that's i have no problem in doing that whatsoever (laughs) because it's a beautiful sight let's be honest if you want to look at anything right now to cheer up your day just head over to the premier league website 
and look at the Premier League table because it's gorgeous. Arsenal sitting currently top of the table with 27 points. Um, obviously, we've got Manchester City with 23, four points behind us, as are Spurs on 23. Honestly, it's a joke that they have 23 points. It's an absolute joke. They played their game against Everton and were so lucky and fortunate. It's not a penalty. It's a dive from Kane, but it's the England captain is always going to get it. Is how, how long is this going to go on for? How long are they going to be able to play badly and still win games? We showed them that you have to be a good team to win against us. You can't do what you do against the other teams and still pick up points. I'm sorry, it's not happening. But other teams in the in the league need to buck up. They really need to start taking points off Spurs because, frankly, it's ridiculous. They play Man United next. I want Man United to win that game, obviously. Um, Man United coming away with a draw against uh, Newcastle. I saw the situation with the whole Ronaldo... Um, I think they're unlucky. Referee blows his whistle. Newcastle player touches it back to Pope. I think they're unlucky, genuinely. If that was Arsenal, I'd be saying they've touched the ball. The referee's already blown his whistle. Free kick's been taken. It was taken from a standing position. For me, I think it should have been a goal to Ronaldo. I'm glad it wasn't. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad that it wasn't, but I think the refs have made a bit of a mess, a mess of that one. Uh, Chelsea getting their win, of course. They really like They're building up some momentum. They've won their last four now. They now play Brentford next. You'd expect them to probably win that game. Don't rule out Chelsea. Um, I think they're quietly building up some momentum and it's frustrating. But yeah, interesting stuff. Like the table. Very, very enjoyable to look at. Uh, let's scroll down a bit more. Uh, Dwayne says, hi, Tom. Thoughts on playing Tommy Asu left centre-back and dropping Gabriel? I'm sorry. This this annoys me. And Dwayne, I'm not coming for you. I promise. It might sound like I'm coming for you. I'm not. Tommy Asu was bad yesterday. Let's say how it is. Tommy Asu wasn't good. Tommy Asu was our worst defender in yesterday's game, was worse than Saliba, worse than uh, White, and significantly worse defensively than Gabriel. He was our worst player in the defensive four yesterday. And I love what he did against Liverpool. I think he's great. But let's stop trying to change Gabriel. As I've already talked about, Gabriel, take away the mistake at the end, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Best defender we had in the field, easily. You look at the stats from yesterday, the amount of tackles he made, the interceptions, the 100% aerial duel success rate, winning uh, eight out of nine ground duels in the game. He was brilliant. And it was only that one lapse of concentration at the end that really has overshadowed his performance. But let's stop trying to force Tommy Asu into the side if we don't need to. Tinny should be coming back into the game against Southampton. Tommy Asu should be on the bench. I thought he was much better when he played on the right-hand side. So if we need to swap out White for whatever reason, I'm more than happy for Tommy Asu to come in for White if we ever need to do that. But we don't need to force him into the game. And we certainly don't need to drop Gabriel because, I'm sorry, he was fantastic. Uh, Lloyd says, as always, Tom, fantastic show. Thanks, mate. Uh, the January window is coming. Who should we get to make sure our place in the top two is solid and we fight City? We can't be like the last session and don't buy in January. We absolutely need to make sure we buy in January. Lloyd, you're spot on. We talk about it a lot. In fact, I'm planning on doing a show leading up to the January window about all who we should sign. That'll happen when the World Cup's on. So you've got some Arsenal content for you. I think we absolutely need to find a midfielder to bring in to compete with Partey or at least find better cover for, that's better than Elneny and better, better than Lokonga. We absolutely need to do that. And we also need to bring in a forward that can operate in any of the front three positions. Is that a Mudrik? I know he can't really play centrally, but still it would be a brilliant addition to the forward line. Someone like that, I think, would be an excellent addition and buy for the team to make come the winter. Um... Josh says, when it's when is it acceptable for us to start to believe? Oh, I don't like it, Josh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like talking about 
Um, title challenges. I don't like talking about what we could do, really. Um, for me, Arsenal can be considered title challenges in April if we're still within touching distance of City. That that's that's just the facts. That's just where I'm at with that. So we're gonna have to wait. You can believe now if you want. I have no issue with Arsenal fans wanting to believe that we can challenge. I love that optimism. I love that positivity. So, Josh, if you want to believe, believe, mate. Um, but for me, I'm curbing my optimism just a bit. Um, don't get me wrong. I want Man City to keep on losing. And even if it means like, you know, Chelsea picking up some points and we go more points clear at the top, I don't mind that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Benji says, why do we seem to lack a killer instinct in front of goal? Obviously, Odegaard shows this, but I think it's common across the team. We would win far more comfortably if we moved past that. That's a fair point. You know, I think we could be better with our finishing. Um, I think Odegaard from a vision passing perspective yesterday was awesome in the first half. Thought he was amazing. I was speaking to some Leeds fans on the way back and the only player they were willing to talk about from an Arsenal perspective was Odegaard. They thought he was unreal. Absolutely unreal. He just beat the press so often. His touches on the ball, the way he took players on, the way he moved out of pressure, the pass for the goal, the pass for Jesus that he should have scored. Odegaard was unplayable in the first half. Really, really good for us to be able to break, an outlet to get out at times. And you don't think of that as a number 10. I don't usually look to my number 10 as kind of an outlet to escape. But he has become that so often for us when we're trying to break out for some heavy pressure. He's so good at working spaces and working the ball out to the wide areas. But he can and should be better in his shooting. So absolutely. Uh, he had a couple of efforts, I think, that were a bit tame yesterday. Could have done better with those. Uh, Jay says, question, is Kieran, Tish is Kieran Tierney officially, I, I tried to do it officially there, uh, our third choice left back? It's not just tactical. And will you rest most of the first team players against PSV as the team look tired? It's annoying regarding the second question because I think we have to play a strong team against PSV because they're good. We need to beat them. We need to finish top of the group because otherwise we're going to be more tired and at more risk if we play that round of 32. So I would be playing a strong team against PSV. We're at home, which should go in our favour. I still would play a strong team and maybe make some subs early on in the second half to rest some legs. But I think we need to start that game strong and as strong as we feasibly can, to be honest. I would be starting Jesus. I would be starting Partey. I would be starting Saliba and White. I would be starting... Uh, I, know, I know Ramsdale wouldn't necessarily come in for this game, but I would be starting some absolutely key players in this team because we need them. Um, third choice left back. No, Tini remains second choice behind Zinchenko. Tomiyasu is our third choice. It's based on form that he was picked for this game, but if it's based on form... Tierney absolutely should come in for the game against PSV, potentially Tierney, uh, Tierney for P uh, for Southampton. That said, we are going up against Javi Simons and Gakpo, so it could be potentially more beneficial if Tomiyasu plays against Xavi Simons. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Lynn, uh, Tom, yesterday we had problems keeping hold of the ball. Do you think maybe Thursday and the plastic pitch didn't help? I absolutely think Thursday played a part in this game. Uh, I think the impact of it, the tiredness was all there. Hopefully, after some training sessions early this week, we'll be fine. Uh, Iconic FC, thank you so much for the donation. Big ups from New Zealand. Uh, why is no one talking about Leeds' offside leading up to their penalty slash handball? Um, I don't know. I have seen the picture. I don't know when it happened. Was it significantly before the handball took place? Obviously, the handball was from across. I need to watch that back. If he is offside... I don't know why it's not been called out. We've won the game. I don't think we need to talk about it too much. If we hadn't have won the game, we'd be talking about it a hell of a lot more. That's probably why. Uh, let's go to Akin, who says, our fringe players are letting us down. This was a match in which we should have rotated. Our players looked tired, especially Martinelli. I thought Martinelli was great. 
I thought his energy down the left was sensational. On the counter, rapid, took players on. Great timing of his runs. Great decision-making on his crosses. I thought Martinelli was great. I didn't think he looked particularly tired at all. Saliba also dropped a stinker. I think that's harsh. I think recovery pace, Saliba did really well. Leeds kept pinging that ball into the left channel and Saliba's recovery pace really did support White. I don't have too much of an issue with that. I have an issue with the handball, obviously. But I thought Saliba still did okay. I think Gabriel was significantly better than him besides the chaos at the end. But I still think Saliba did okay. I think our fringe players, the issue with our fringe players is that there is a significant drop-off in some positions. I thought Holding came on again, did fantastic. I think uh, from a leadership point of view, Holding came on and did really well. Pulled Gabriel away from situations that he need, didn't need to be in. Uh, defended solidly, passed solidly. Very happy with how Holding did when he came on. Enketia, um spoke briefly to Enketia after the game. He wasn't yeah, he wasn't too happy. Uh, he didn't look happy. <laughs> uh, I think he wants more minutes. I think he thinks he can do better. I think he could do better. I was frustrated at the end because I thought we weren't clever enough in the last few minutes. Martinelli and Eddie Nketiah both should have taken the ball into the corner. Didn't. Uh, that was really silly. And we need to be a bit more mature in those moments. But we just don't have the the quality and the strength and depth yet, Akin. We need more. And we, the fact that we've got Smith, Rowan, El Nenny are injured and Zinchenko, that is a lot of good quality that we still don't have available to us as well, which is certainly worth considering. Uh, I feel like I've missed so many questions. There's over 900 of you watching. If you haven't dropped a like on the video already, please, please do, guys. It means so much to me. I am broken after yesterday. I am absolutely broken, not only because of the, the chaos and the emotions of the result, but the trains home. You know, I usually I was meant to be doing some work on the train on the way home, sat in this little footwell, cross-legged, laptop on my legs, writing up the, the winners and losers piece, which you can read. It's out on the site this morning. Um, and then it was a case that there's a guy who was very unwell, and you know what happens when a guy on a train is unwell. So everyone had to deal with that for, for two and a half hours. Oh, I was broken. My back when I got home was ridiculous from sitting on the floor of a train. Like, oh, I can't tell you. It was chaos. So drop a like on the video. <laughs> Make my day a little bit happier. Um, Mad G says, any update on when Smith Rowe and Zinni will be back? Uh, Zinchenko, no, we haven't heard too much. He could be back for Southampton. Uh, Arteta seemed to feel as though it's only minor now and he's getting close. Smith Rowe is expected to return to training in December. So hopefully after the World Cup, Maybe into January, Smith Rowe will return. El Nenny is meant to be back in January. So there you go. Um, Fuad says, what's hilarious is Spurs fans call these types of performances a Conte ball masterclass. I think I can live without that, thanks. <laughs> uh, Sule says, I think the manager is doing a great job now, but I honestly think in yesterday's game, a tweak in the formation after the goal in the second half, like choking the midfield to suck up the Leeds United attacks, would have worked. I think that's fair. I was actually calling for Tierney to come on a lot earlier than he did. We could have potentially done with bringing on Lakonga, but I just, I'm just i just not sure I trust Lakonga at the moment enough to play him in those moments, to be strong, to be mature. He's still young. I think it was right to keep Partey on as long as we did. Um, I think going to the back three was the right decision. I just would have brought on Tierney, I think, sooner in the game. That was my only gripe of the whole performance, to be honest. Uh, Ronald says, who would you take, Sangara or Danilo? Sangara. Sangara is a lot more um, established, uh, developed and ready, but he's very expensive. His release clause has disappeared because he signed a new contract, so he's going to be very, very expensive if we want him. Um, Dan says, Tom, maybe a touch too optimistic. Holding was a fairly highly rated defender prior to his injuries. He's quietly gaining some form. 
Could he be turning a new page? I don't think he's going to be anything more than a uh, a rotational option and a late substitute option for Arsenal. I'd even be fairly confident in saying that he might move on in the summer for a club to get him some more game time because he's going to want to play. But he does love being at Arsenal. He loves being in that dressing room. He loves being part of the squad and he's a key part of that squad. The players really like and look up to him and he's a big part of things. So uh, who knows what will happen? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's go to ASC Till I Die. It says, have you seen that every team that has won nine out of the 10 starting games in the top flight has gone on to win the league? Not saying anything, but dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I haven't actually seen that, but it's not wildly um, unsurprising. I also think that there was a statistic saying the last team to win the amount of games and not win the title, I think a couple of weeks ago, was Arsenal. And the team before that, that had won like their first seven of eight games and not win the title was also Arsenal. I think it was potentially 2005 or three. I can't remember. And then the other one was like 2009-10, maybe. So look, things can change very, very quickly. Uh, let's not let's not worry too much about it like that before we start. Because form-wise, even though we're winning, performances have dipped in the last week. So we need to make sure we raise that level up again. That's going to be key. Uh, Clock Orange says, uh, we have a good chance to win. And do you think we'll be back this January to keep this title charge up? I hope so. The feeling that we get is that Arsenal want to strengthen. So let's just see if they do. But we're the confidence is there uh, that we still certainly think. Uh, Max, yes, Tom, the elephant is still on top of the tree. It's a great analogy because it does feel like, you know, this heavy weight of us on the top of this table. When is it going to finally collapse and we'll fall back down it? Um it's an example of a, an Arsenal fan used on the train home yesterday as well, actually. Um, it does feel a bit like that, but hopefully the tree's strong enough to hold. Uh, Nav says, if you had a chance to play City next week or at the end of the season, what would you... Oh, next... Uh, I think next week, yeah. One, to get that game out of the way and just have it done so it's not looming on the horizon. But two, you want to play them off the back of that loss. Um, people say, yeah, they want to they react. They want to come back from that, but... Actually, I think I'd rather play a Man City that are in a little bit of uh, doubting themselves. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, who are they playing next week. Is it Brighton? No, it is. I'm not sure. Is it Brighton? Because obviously we and City both miss a Premier League game. Middle. It's also nice knowing that missing that game that we didn't lose. Spurs could have gone top, I think. If we'd have lost and we'd have been on 24, Spurs could have gone top with a win in midweek. So it's good that we got this win um, because we're going to obviously be a, a game behind some people like Spurs after midweek, and that game is against Man City. So it's good to know that that is the case, that 100% sure on that. Uh, City's fixtures. Who does City play? Why can't I see? Brighton, it is. Saturday, 22nd of October, uh, 3 o'clock uh, at home. So they're probably going to win that game, let's be real. Probably going to win that game. Um. Uh, Arjit says, Tom, how was your heart in the second half? It was tense. Yeah, I had a stress headache and I was still obviously typing up as things happened. Trying to type as things happened in that game was a joke. Like trying to keep up with everything that's going on, type it in, post it, update it, tweak it, type it in, update it. It was, yeah, one of the really biggest challenges uh, that we've had uh, as, as a website. And obviously during the um, the 40 minute delay, reacting to that news, keeping the blog entertained and updated. That was a bit of a challenge, but I think we I think we did it really well. I think we genuinely are one of the best at producing uh, text commentary during games. I think it's been very, very good. So if you don't follow our match day blogs, definitely worth doing that. 
I think they're great. Uh, Godwin says, did you see what the linesman was trying to do? Bamford was at one, was the one at fault. So why a penalty? He misled the ref. That's what they're for. You have to admit the ref, the, the linesman only gets one glimpse, one shot, one moment to make a decision, one angle to see it from. So I don't think misleading is fair. I just think he said what he saw. It was wrong. And VAR helped to dissuade him from that. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, do we need uh, to get as many points as possible for the World Cup because things could change significantly after it and then we'd need that little bit of a cushion? Of course, I think it goes without saying we just need to to build up as many points as we can possibly get. City's games before the World Cup are at home to Brighton, away to Leicester, at home to Fulham, uh, at home to Brentford and then away. And that's it, I think. Yeah, just four games. And then we've obviously got a pretty tough run because we've got three away games. We're away to Southampton, home to Nottingham Forest, away to Chelsea, and then away to Wolves. And they are not easy. If we are still top of the table at the start of the World Cup, it is a an amazing achievement. An amazing achievement. So let's just see what happens. Let's take things game by game. And then who knows what will be what will be at the end of it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. Thank you for dealing with my chaotic emotions after yesterday. This broken man <laughs> is, is done. Please drop a like on the video. Please subscribe if you're new. I'll be joining the boys over on the Arsenal Lounge tonight at 8 p.m. So join us on the Arsenal Lounge at 8 for more chaos and chat and me defending frivolously Erdegaard and Gabriel. That's going to have to happen because I know what's going to be said about them. And do join us a little bit later on this morning as well in just under an hour and a half time over on the Arsenal way. I'll be chatting a little bit more about today's game, uh, yesterday's game rather, and looking ahead to the PSV game. We'll have all of the roundups, reaction, fallout and more. Read my interview with Aaron Ramsdale after the get, uh, at midday-ish today. Uh, make sure you follow my profiles on Twitter at Tom Cantor Media. I'll try and leave a link to that conversation with Ramsdale as well in the community tab of the channel. Um, Yesterday was an amazing day professionally. It was an amazing day from a fan perspective. Uh, it was a great day overall. Uh, but thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of things. And uh, yes, we're still top. We're still winning. And uh, it's a great time to be a gooner. Thank you. I'll see you again soon, guys. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.